Empower Nation, another episode of Empower Her Money podcast. I am your host, Angela Duncan, and today's episode is sponsored by freemoneytipsforwomen.com, freemoneytipsforwomen.com. If you head over to that website, you'll have an opportunity to get a free ebook, Seven Financial Tips to Get Your House in Order. It is free for a limited time, so go check out that website. And we can go ahead and get started. I'm super excited today. I have Janina on on our podcast, and we are going to talk about lots of things about business and finance and help our viewers out and um, growing their companies. Janina, welcome today. I would love for you to kind of start off, share a little bit about your story, you know, how you got started and kind of where you're at today in business. Awesome. Thank you, Angela. Um, well, my name is Janina. Um, and I work for a company called Primo Cash. And what we do is we help small business owners get access to capital um, that usually they wouldn't have access to, whether it be a real bank, a community bank. It's really hard for business owners, especially in the beginning of their business, to acquire that capital. Um, so prior to me getting into this company, I've been with this company for nine years. We were a startup. Uh, we started with four people. And now nine years later, we have 180 employees in Colombia and 30 here in Miami. So um, the interest, this industry, the alternate lending industry actually started in about 2008 when the bank's stopped lending and the real estate market crashed. A lot of business owners didn't have access to capital anymore because the bank stopped lending. I so, remember that time. I was a real estate agent and I had just been in for two years. And man, that was a very tough time for a lot of people. Very tough. So you know that as a business owner, if you're not investing into your business, you're not scaling and you're not growing and you're going to stay stagnant. So that was a really rough time. Um, there was some people in New York that started lending their money privately within the Jewish community. And it started going very well for them to the point where they created a whole industry for this. What happened was, is they kept it very within their community and the businesses within the Jewish community. So there was a lot of minorities that had no idea that this industry even existed. And it was, it's very big in New York. That's where the, the industry was um, started in. So around 2012, 2013, uh, the owner of my company now, he was an underwriter for one of these companies. And he pitched the idea to a, the owner of our company, who was a man that had a lot of money that he made in real estate. And he said, listen, there's this whole community in New York lending their money privately and nobody's touching the Hispanic business owner, which is the fastest growing demographic of business owners in the entire United States. So um, we, you know, very Miami style. I don't know where you're located, but I'm, I'm here in Miami. Yep, I'm in Miami too, okay. now, not originally, but I'm originally from California, but Miami is my home. Okay, so very Miami, we're like, all right, we'll just, we're just gonna go in there. And we basically threw like a monkey wrench in this industry that was completely owned by, um, 
you know, powerful white Jewish men in, in New York, and they had private hedge funds that would do this. So come this little company out of Miami, and we start marketing to basically the, the people that nobody wanted, the Hispanic business owner. We started marketing on television and radio on the Hispanic channels and through word of mouth. And what we do is we help, we basically fund the unfundable. When the banks say no, we say yes. So Miami is a very unique niche also. We fund in all states. But Miami, you know, the typical Hispanic business owner runs a lot of, first of all, they, they work with a lot of cash. They yes. have that very old school mentality. So they don't deposit or if they are, and they'll, they'll, they, I mean, I, I have restaurants that are running a full business on a personal bank account. Yeah. But I mean, they come from other countries a lot of times too. Right. Do cash. We are the most credit-driven country in this entire planet so they bring that custom here so I can definitely see that exactly exactly especially my my older business owners um that have that very old school mentality they're like oh I I use cash for everything and then you're, you're just like okay but your business is 10 years old and though it is 10 years old you have absolutely zero credit history like you're gonna it's starting like a little baby um, so it's mostly educating the Hispanic business owner on how to qualify for better terms through a bank. So the, the funding mechanisms that we use, uh, it's a lot less restrictive than, than a bank. Um, we look basically at their last six months of their bank statements, and we're able to basically advance them that money that they're making and allow them to start building credit, even if they're using a personal account. We're one of the only funders. They're, our industry has gotten a little bit, um, I wouldn't say saturated, but there is more players than there was before. When COVID happened, uh, a lot of them died because mm -hmm. what happened was they, you know, most of your businesses are couldn't pay you. Right. And a lot of the people in our space died, went bankrupt. We were able to, to survive that. We, we still service our client, which is the, the ones that nobody wants. Um, and it's really awesome to see some of my clients that I've had, you know, in the beginning, nine years ago, still use us to this day. Because even though some of them are able to build good credit and go to a bank, sometimes because of their industry, the bank just won't lend to them. So it's really hard for like certain industries like transportation, trucking, restaurants is a really restricted industry for mm -hmm. them to go to a bank. And they can get credit cards, but they can't access lines of credit that they might need for, for other things. Um, also, you know, women-owned businesses is a big thing for us. A lot of women um, are making awesome moves and starting their own businesses, but they don't have the right guidance on how to structure it, or they don't have that access to the capital in order for them to grow. Right. So they use people like me that is able to fund them and give them access to capital that they otherwise wouldn't have access to. Gotcha. So if someone's thinking about getting a loan, small business, whether they're a startup or they've maybe been in business for a little bit, 
what kind of tips would you give to them so that when they come to you, it'll help make the process easier for you and maybe a little bit more prepared for that loan? I definitely would tell them to one, open a business account um, at the bank and deposit every single thing that you can. Because the more money you show that's running through your business, the more you're gonna qualify for. I get a lot of, oh, you know, especially like a lot of um, nail salons that are my clients or hair salons, you know, it's, it's a lot of cash business and they don't deposit the cash. So when they send me their statements and it goes through underwriting, they qualify for a small amount. And, you know, when I tell them, they're like, oh, but I, I really make a lot more. The thing is, I don't deposit it. The thing is, if you don't deposit it, we don't see it. I, and I can't go to the funder and say, oh, well, I know in the bank, it only shows that they're making, you know, 5,000 a month, but they're really making 15. They just don't deposit it. It doesn't work that way. So my number one advice would be, even if you are making cash, deposit that cash and then take it out because it'll at least show that there is volume running through your business, which Great. is very important. Yeah, great advice. Because if they're looking to purchase equipment or something, then they want to show that there's a money trail that they can actually afford to pay back the loan that they're asking for. Exactly. Um, you know, also be very careful who you get involved with, because as I said, our industry is now growing. There's more players that have gotten into this. It is an unregulated industry. So anybody with money can get into it. I didn't know that. So that's very interesting. Yeah. So what happens is, is we're different in, in the fact that we generate our own leads. We don't work with brokers. Our clients come to us. We develop the relationship that way. Um, the others in our industry have never really learned how to generate their own leads. So what they do is they rely on brokers to bring them business. So you have these big hedge funds that work with other brokers and then the brokers find the clients and you know send them all the paperwork. The problem is a lot of the times the client doesn't know that the broker doesn't actually work for that hedge fund. Mm -hmm. And then once they get funded, they never see the broker again. They can't get in touch with them. The broker got their commission and their ghost. Yeah. So um, it's really important to deal directly with the funder because mm -hmm. if anything happens, you have a direct line to the funder. And it just, it, it prevents a lot of shadiness that could happen. I've also had clients tell me that, you know, a broker charged them like a, a fee, a broker's fee for getting them the money and that should never happen you would you as a client you never pay for money that commission comes from like the funder like me if I worked with brokers then I would I would give them the commission so if if you are looking for capital and anybody tells you hey you have to pay me whatever my broker's fee absolutely not that is a huge red flag off rip so never when you are in, in the business of looking for money, pay any type of fee to any type of broker. The fees will always get taken out. If when, when you look at your contract, it'll say, you know, like um, 
a like uh it's not a broker's fee but it it, it says like a, a type of a processing fee it'll be like a processing fee and an origination fee and that's where everything gets paid and it, it should all be documented so never pay out of pocket for that awesome a lot of great information thank you i actually learned quite a bit too um i used to work in the banking industry and like 20 years ago it's changed a lot but understanding yeah. the difference between them and someone like you guys being able to help those that the banks don't fit into their little box. That's pretty awesome to know. And obviously Miami's very diverse. So clientele base here for you is probably pretty huge. So um, switch topics real quick. I'd like to know um, a fun question is if you could, if you had a super talent or some type of superpower, what would it be and why? Um. I've always wanted to be like a good dancer, like a salsa dancer. And I just like, I can't. And I have one of my best friends. She's like amazing, like professional type, right? And I'm just always like, man, I, I really wish if I could do anything, have any type of talent, it would be to dance Spanish music, like really yeah. good. Especially in Miami, because I've been to a couple of the yes. salsa clubs. And I look at the ladies and the guys on the floor, I was like, there's no way I'm going out there. <laughs> it's so intimidating, right? Like if you don't know what you're doing, just stay sitting down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very true. All right, so if anyone listening to the podcast wants to get in touch with you, get more information about acquiring a loan, how do they reach you? Um, they can reach me on Instagram. My Instagram handle is G Miami. So it's a G like girl, E like Ernest, E like Ernest, Miami. 33. So G Miami 33, or they can go to our website, primo.cash. So it's .cash, not .com. And they can apply right on, um, on our website and one of our agents will call them. Uh, we obviously do speak Spanish. And also one thing that I wanted to mention too, is not only do we help all type of businesses and business owners, but their credit doesn't really affect them. So if they have low credit, we, hmm. we base most of our, we, we really are looking to see what your business is producing. So you having bad credit does not mean that we can't help you. So I encourage everyone to apply bad credit, no credit. It, it's fine. We're still able to, to work with you. That's awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being on the show, Empower Her Money podcast. Until next week, when we interview another female business and give lots of great tips around business and finance. Have a great day. You too, Angela. Thank you. Bye-bye.